0: text this morning is from Matthew chapter 25 beginning at verse 31. When the Son of Man comes in his glory and all the holy angels with him, then he will sit on the throne of his glory. All the nations will be gathered before him and he will separate them one from another as a shepherd divides his sheep from the goats. And he will set the sheep on his right hand but the goats on the left. And these are your words, Heavenly Father. Sanctify us by your truth. Your word is truth. Amen. Dear fellow redeemed in Christ, when, not if, is the key point for the start of Jesus' parable of the sheep and the goats. There is no if about Judgment Day. It is a definite when. It will happen. It can happen at any moment. We are in the last days. God is generous with his warnings about Judgment Day. He wants you to know about it. He wants you to trust the work of the Son of God for your salvation. He wants you to believe Jesus has left out nothing in providing for your deliverance from sin and death. He wants you ready for the when of judgment day. Consider the many warnings about judgment God had given throughout the centuries. Before the judgment of the flood, God sent Noah to preach for 120 years. Before the conquest of Canaan through the army of Israel led by Joshua, God gave the people of Canaan nearly five centuries to repent, to turn from their crass idolatry. God's people of Israel were warned already by Moses in the wilderness and by many uh, prophets subsequent to him to trust the promises of God, to have no other gods, to repent and believe in him alone, and so that judgment would not come on them. Yet in the late uh, 8th century B.C., God finally brought the Assyrians in judgment against Israel. As Lord Byron famously put it, The Assyrian came down like the wolf on the fold, and his cohorts were gleaming in purple and gold, and the sheen of their spears was like stars on the sea when the blue wave rolls nightly on deep Galilee. In the early 7th century, God brought the Babylonians against the kingdom of Judah and Jerusalem to tear down its walls and destroy the very temple itself, putting it all to fire. And why? because the people refused to repent of their unbelief, to turn away from the gods of the nations around them. Jeremiah would look on the ruins of that once beautiful capital of Israel and Judah and the temple with this lament, how lonely sits the city that was full of people, how like a widow is she who was great among the nations, the princess among the provinces has become a slave. Her adversaries have become the master. Her enemies prosper. For the Lord has afflicted her because of the multitude of her transgressions. Her children have gone into captivity before the enemy. From flood to fire, God did not fail to warn. Yet many consider God to be a cold-hearted Lord, an unloving or merciless being. Why is that? Well, because he finally brought the punishment that he foretold. How mean of him. And yet considered Jesus himself as he wept over the city of Jerusalem prior to his own suffering and death. Oh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, the one who kills the prophets and stones those who are sent to her. How often I wanted to gather your children together as a hen gathers her chicks under her wings. But you were not willing. You were not willing. Judgment Day is a when, not an if. And as one theologian notes, this parable of Judgment Day uh, and the theme that Jesus has throughout the Gospels is also re- reiterated by the Apostles. You'll find it in Acts, Romans, Corinthians, James, Revelation, and the Church continues to confess this truth of Judgment Day through the centuries. The Apostles, the Nicene, the Athanasian creeds all have some form of this, that Jesus, the Son of God, will come to judge the living and the dead. Our own Lutheran confessions repeat the same truth. There is a coming Judgment Day, and God has not hidden this truth from the world. There will be a separation between sheep and goat, between believer and and unbeliever. Those who believe in Jesus and those who reject him. This separation will lead to believers going to eternal life in heaven and unbelievers going to the eternal punishments of hell. This truth hits the human psyche with the force of a hammer blow. We don't like it, the world hates it. And we see how so many have rejected God's warnings in the past, and it is the same today. In fact, it is not uncommon for even churches and pastors and people to close their ears to this message and replace it with one more to the liking of what they think God should do. Since God's message, repeated over and over and over again, doesn't match with our own desires, we want a different message. And so we have pastors and teachers saying what the false prophets in the days of Jeremiah were saying, peace, peace when there is no peace. It is a compelling message from these false prophets. Judgment day is rather depressing. Singing a hymn with the title, Day of Wrath, hardly seems like a way to attract people. Where are the delightful stories of butterflies and puppies? Isn't that better than judgment? Wrath, fire, hell, Of course, God sends the warnings so that people have their eyes opened to the truth of their sinful condition. We deserve no stories of cute butterflies and puppies. We are dead in sin, deserving damnation itself, you, me, everyone on this campus, every continent of this world. But God sent his son so that we would not be condemned. That's the whole point of Jesus being born in this world, taking on our sin, being forsaken by God on the cross. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? It is so that you will not be. It is so that you may know and believe that Jesus who died and rose again is, your, is on your side. It is so that the very world may hear of the love of God for sinners that they turn from sin and repent and believe the gospel. The very message that God gave to his apostles uh, on the day before, or the right before Jesus ascended, he told them, thus it is written, thus it was necessary for the Christ to suffer and to rise from the dead the third day, that repentance and remission of sins should be preached in his name to all nations. All nations will stand before Jesus. And how will it go for you? If you know not Jesus, it is not too late. Jesus still calls out, believe in me. I am your savior. If you are a Christian, then trust in that absolution, the gift of free forgiveness of all sin that has been poured on you, spoken to you, placed in your very mouth with the body and blood of Jesus, given and shed for the remission of your sin. He comes to judge the nations, a terror to his foes, a light of consolations and blessed hope to those who love the Lord's appearing. O glorious Son, now come, send forth thy beams so cheering and guide us safely home, amen. Glory be to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever, amen. You may rise and let us pray. Everlasting God, grant us grace to pass the time of our sojourning here in daily watchfulness, prayer, and faith, ever looking for and hastening to the day of your second coming, when you will appear again in the clouds of heaven with all your holy angels. Let not that day surprise us in unbelief and sins, but by your grace enable us with all your saints to lift up our heads in joy and behold the fullness of our redemption. Hear us, O eternal Son of the Father, to whom with you and the Holy Spirit be all honor and glory now and forevermore. Amen.